although they were really nice and they looked good, I think if to be honest now, I would prefer them to be on a matte paper. Yeah. I think prints look better on matte paper than glossy. You're listening to Colin Bradley Artcast with Colin Bradley and Stephen Bradley. Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Hi, Dad. Hello, Steve. All right? I'm fine, yes. Yes, good voice today. I mean, fine good. fettle. Good. Is the sun shining where you are? Oh, it certainly is. We, I was out, out and about uh, today with my mates. We had lunch together and uh, we had a good old chat. Good. It's lovely. And the weather was gorgeous, I've got to say. Lovely. But, but it's nice to come back and um, get back to work again. Yeah, yeah. Well, plenty to talk about today. Good. Uh, How are you doing up your end? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I had a bit of a cold. I had a, a three-day business seminar at the weekend, which was good. Mm-hmm. Learned lots of stuff, but uh, it was all quite stressful. So you come back yeah, and you sort I imagine of... It, it is, isn't it? Those sort of things. Because you have to you have to take the rough with the smooth, Steve. You get some really good speakers and then you get some not-so-good speakers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and in this day and age, you can sit there with your laptop on the free Wi-Fi and, and be working. I was lucky enough to be working at the same time as, as the speakers. So well, no, you couldn't, you couldn't do that a few years ago, could you? No, exactly. So when it was a little bit... Uh, uh, just not as not as appealing for me. I just jumped on the computer and was answering emails and, good. and uh, working away. So it was uh, it was a really yeah it was a good opportunity. Um, come back a little bit of a cold just to you know sitting in a room with seven hundred people. I suppose there's a lot of stuff going on mm. in the mm. air. But uh, yeah, I've come back feeling better now. Good. Oh, that's the main thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, crack on with some emails uh, that I've cherry-picked for the podcast this week. First one comes from Paul. He says, Hi, Stephen Colin. I'm loving my new passion and getting some really great comments from family and friends regarding my drawings. Some have asked if they can have my originals, but I want to keep them and give them a print copy. Do you have any experience where to go for prints online and what sort of paper to use? Thanks, Paul. Yes. Uh, Well, I have go back quite a way now on my print uh, run so uh, the last time I had a print run done was uh, through a local printer and that was something like gosh 15 years ago things have moved on since then Steve and I would say now it's probably not necessary to do that because you have so many online companies that Mm. offer really good uh, print uh, prices and you can have smaller runs i remember the, w- one run i had was i think it was 750 i had to have wow and i've still got some of them as well you know because you, you never get to the never get to the end of them mm. but uh, nowadays you can you can say oh, no i want only 50 or whatever that's one way of doing it and probably the best way because it's professional and you can also ask their advice on paper then they'll look at the paper uh, that you've been using, and they say, right, well, you've been using this, it's probably a good idea to have a mat or uh, whatever and whatever. I don't know. I'm not I'm not a, a dab hand at that kind of thing. That side of it is I've never really investigated it. But they would know. People in the print would know what to do. So, And you can send transparencies off, I think, or you can send um, 
am I talking about? Even though that goes back a long time, you can just send a, a picture through the internet, can't you now? It's very, very easy to do that. So I would explore that side of it. Um, you could also pop down your local copy shop and take your picture with you and say, look, you know, I want a few of these. Can you suggest something to me? And uh, I know I have got a local copy shop here who would, uh, who would oblige me if I wanted any done. I don't go down that road now, but if I did, I think they would probably even be able to help me. But they would and also they, possibly price match anything online. They might well do. If, certainly if you've already been online and you've got a few prices, you can have that under your sleeve or up your sleeve and say, look, this is what, I, this is what I've been quoted. Can you match it? They'll either say yes or no. And then if they say no, you've got to then decide whether keeping it local for a few extra pounds is worth it. That's what I would do. When did you used to sell your prints and what, under what circumstances? When you had the gallery? Uh, yes, I did. Yes. Oh, mainly when I had the gallery. Yes, I had a few limited edition runs. And uh, funny enough, Steve, and I'm sure everybody will be interested, we were in Whitstable in Kent uh, on Saturday. Uh, it's a lovely place, Whitstable. People around the world wouldn't know where it was, but people local would know. Uh, it's a really lovely little um, uh, harbour town and close by the, um, by the sea. Anyway, it's a, we went into a, a, it was a charity shop, one of those second-hand charity shop type places, and blow me down if I didn't see one of my pictures there. No way. One of the original Broadstairs ones that I did, yeah. Yeah, it was in. I, I couldn't believe it. I pointed it out to Eileen. I said, "Hey, look at this." <laughs> Unfortunately, whoever had owned that had had it placed in the sun, so it was it was faded on on the blue side, so it didn't have the original sparkle that the original picture had. But there it was. Couldn't believe it, Steve. Wow. Uh, there you go. And uh, and that was that would have been twenty years ago. Wow. Blimey. So somehow I don't know where it how it got from from Broadstairs to Whitstable, but it did. Oh, great. That's awesome. Anyway, I just, just, so, sorry, I, I diverted there because I thought you'd be interested in that. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't told you that. Um, but, no, I had um, quite a few. I used to sell quite a few prints. Then when I went on the road, when I, I was uh, travelling around the countryside, I used to have prints uh, made up, uh, quite a few prints. I used to do them... But to start off with, I had them printed for me by this local copy shop I was telling you about. They printed them off for me. And I sold hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. Uh, just my little A4 prints. They were all A4 at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was another thing I used to do. How much did you used to sell the prints for? I think, I think the little A4 prints were... Three pound, three pound ninety five, something like that. Uh, I can't remember now. Something like that it wasn't expensive, and I had them done with a backing board, and I didn't have them mounted. They were just on their own, you know, right. just a, in a, the A4 in a sheet. cellophane type bag, but, like a C. Yes, that's bag. right. Yes, yeah. yes. But they were very popular, and uh, I, I, I did sell. I used to go to a show with uh, maybe a hundred prints and bring back two or three. Mm. Of, of the prints and of course I was also selling uh, other things as well you know my pencils and all the other bits and bobs that I had around the packs that I had were very they, lucrative were they on a glossy paper um well to start off with they weren't they were on a, a matte matte paper the copy shop but when I started printing my own off 
they were on a glossy paper. Right. I kind of, although they were really nice and they looked good, I think if, to be honest now, I would prefer them to be on a matte paper. Yeah. I think prints look better on matte paper than glossy. Okay. But it didn't put people off. They used to buy them and used to enjoy it you know, because I suppose they were cheap enough. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good advice there uh, for Paul and anyone else out there that wants to look into print, print, uh, making prints of their pictures. And if anyone's got anything to add to that, fire us an email and we'll, we'll add to that uh, if there's any more information that anyone else has got there that's listening to add. We can talk about that in future episode. The next one comes from Bonnie. Hi, Steve. While listening to your recent podcast, I wondered what kind of background Colin used to work on hit to paint his largest piece. Did you have to special order a large size of paper? I would like to do a bigger piece, but not sure what to use. Thank you, Bonnie. Mm. She's referring to the um, harbour. Yeah, picture. the Pulpera Harbour one I was talking about last week, wasn't it? The big one, yes. Uh, well... <clears throat> There's a, there's a couple of um, problems that we, we I want to talk about first. When you have a larger picture than A4, on the paper that we use, the paper can flop about a bit. Now, that's not so bad if it's a watercolour, but if it's a pastel, you have to double mount it. But even with a double mount, sometimes that pastel can transfer to the glass if you are you with yes, me because, because you'd have it's, to it's, glass. yeah it's a large piece of paper it's gonna sort of the be larger loose. The, that's it that's exactly what it does now when i did the original porpero harbor that was done on a board uh, dala rowney and fabriano had got together uh, and or rather dala rowney had asked fabriano if they could use their paper on a mount board and it was ideal for me because it was it was a good surface, but it was a board, so you can imagine it, it didn't have that it didn't have that flop, floppy uh, side which you do with paper. It was more secure, so the Porpera Harbour was done on a board, and therefore it didn't have any. I didn't have a problem with it touching the glass. Mm. But today, if you go bigger than that, unless you fix your picture, and you know me and fixing don't go together very well, I don't like it. I think does spoil the picture. So unless you fix it, it's going to possibly transfer to the glass if it touches it during the either the framing process or uh, you know general handling. Mm. So that's usually why I don't go bigger than A4. Now that's one. Now the second problem we have is we have a pencil. Now with a pencil, by its very nature, it's really designed to work small tight if i do an a4 picture it seems quite big to me because i i most of them as you know i do them smaller from the videoing side um so anything bigger than a4 uh can present a problem so uh, with the pencil as well because with a pencil as i said it, it's more suited really to smaller work yeah if you go bigger generally i say use softer pastel or stick pastels because then you can use and get away with larger areas. Yeah. Could you? Stick, I think I mentioned. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we talked about that last time. The, mm. the, could yeah. you stick the paper to a board? Well, you could do, but I tell you what, you've got some problems there. The only way that I would recommend that being done is by dry mounting. Now, dry mounting is uh, where you put a sheet of dry mount glued paper. It's very, very thin, 
and that sticks to the board. Now, I don't even know whether dry mounting is, is still around. It was around well, 10 years ago when I was um, thinking of doing it myself. But it may not be now. It may have all been superseded by a more technology. Right. But that, that would work. But if you tried sticking it down, you'd have to use a glue of some kind. And that would present a big problem on a large sheet of paper. Oh, I, I, I wouldn't even uh, recommend anybody even try that. Right. And the other problem you've got, Steve, that glue would be of a certain thickness, and that could create a sponginess between the board and the paper that you're using. Ah, I see. You see what I mean? It would make it, if, if at worst, it would be bobbly. You know, you'd have little lumps all over it. Mm. But at best, it would still be a bit spongy. Unless it was dry-mounted. And dry-mounted, as I said, would, is a good system. But it's expensive. It was expensive then. It'd be even more expensive now, I imagine, to have that done. And really, is it worth it? Hmm. Well, if someone wants to, if they do want to try they've try large pieces, they've got options. And I, I'd be really interested, Bonnie, if, if you did go ahead and pursue that route, that, you know, what worked for you and your experiences in that. Because, uh, well, like, like you say, you know, we're not going to yeah. be doing them. Well, we did have large paper. We bought some in, didn't we, some while ago? It just wasn't popular. No one bought it. Yeah. Even the go. B4 paper, which is slightly bigger than the A4, even that was very, very slow. And uh, that's going to be withdrawn very soon because we just don't sell enough of it. Mm. Well, we've actually, yeah, just a little plug. We've only got, I think, two packs of B4 left in stock. So if oh. anyone desperately wants... Well, there you are. <laughs> to want, desperately wants b 4 size paper, there's two. And once they're gone... They're gone. They're gone. <laughs> but we've, yeah, we've literally kept two for a while. Uh, I think the reason why we went to the, the lengths of investing in those pads, which have proved really popular, uh, the A4 pads, because it's because A4 is a good size a pastel pencil for any pencil really don't see many pencil drawings bigger than that mm. yeah because time you frame them if you frame an a4 up it becomes quite a big picture in the end with a mount or a double mount on it and then the frame yeah yeah it's true it's true um okay great thanks bonnie so the uh, next thing i want to talk about is the new picture that we've added the christmas card Christmassy style picture um, mm. that people can can do for their own pleasure or as a Christmas card or any reasons for doing mm. it. Um, but we've added that this week and that's the stag and it's a pretty stunning picture, but a really nice. It's actually for a Christmas Christmassy type picture. It's very warm in the sense of the colours you've used. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Con- contrary, isn't it? Yeah. See? But I think what I, I didn't originally. That wasn't originally. Uh, designed as a Christmas card. When I did that many, many years ago, uh, the original of, of that, many years, gosh, I had, it's, got to, again, it's got to go back 15 years ago, I did that original one, and I used to show it round. I never produced it as a print, and I never produced it uh, uh, and sold it as a pack or anything like that, so it was never seen other than in exhibitions. Um, but I did like it, and what I liked about it particularly is the freedom that I used in the backgrounds you know it was it was very impressionistic and i like that so we had a we had a, a picture that was um you know quite detailed and then we had an impressionistic background and the snow was almost incidental when i originally did the picture i had to put the snow in 
there wasn't it wasn't in snow it was just in normal landscape so but i i thought no it would look nice it would have a lovely contrast and then i decided to experiment with the sky which are different colors and i thought well that looks nice so you're right it, it's almost a mishmash of warm and cool colors mm-hmm. but it worked really well it worked originally and when i did it again i was really pleased with it it turned out better than the original did funny enough i don't know why that was but it did that's mm-hmm. a lot of practice since then if you think of 15 years ago yeah <laughs> How did the colour shapers affect this particular picture? Oh, oh, gosh. I wouldn't work without them now. If, if the colour shapers were withdrawn, I think I'd probably give up. But I wouldn't have to because there are other colour shapers about, so I'd just go somewhere else and get them. But that makes such a difference. It makes such a difference to pictures. And I'm sure people see that now. When they see the, the new pictures that are coming along, they can see me using the colour shaper as... Uh, an indispensable tool and it really is that it just it it gives us um, it gives me uh, a technique which I can't honestly imagine being without now you know that the ability of the shaper to just smooth down almost create a painting like effect and using the color on the shaper using mm. the colour, because yes. there was a few times where you, the colour was off and you were just using it. That's right, absolutely. Using yes, it it's, back it's in. in. Indispensable tool, without doubt, and it's made such a difference to the picture. And I look at pictures now, and at one time I would look and think, oh, no, I don't think I, don't think I really want to do that, um, because it's going to be quite hard to get that effect. Now I can say, ah, uh, I can do that with a colour shaper. I can do that with a colour shaper. I've got water here. I can do that. You know, I mean, last the, the rainbow that, that came a couple of weeks ago, that, was, uh, that couldn't be done without a colour shaper. How could you possibly have put that rainbow in without that kind of tool? Couldn't yeah. use the paper blender, which is all I would have had to use originally. It wouldn't work. It would just scrape it off. Mm. So it's, it's become a, a must. And in that picture... It worked really well with the stag. The original one, funny enough, the original one, I didn't have colour shapers when I was did the original, and I had to use the pencil to blend into themselves. And whilst that's okay, you still get a little bit of roughness to it, a little bit of uh, too much texture. Mm. But with the colour shaper, you can then get the texture exactly what you want it, rather than, you know, being... Having to make do, you can say, no, no, I can keep going here and then I can achieve exactly what I'm looking for. Mm. Let's talk about the composition of the picture because it's a really interesting way that you've composed it. It's because um, he's slightly, his head, which you think is the focal point of the picture, is slightly off center, mm. um, mm. but has allowed for the trees on the right hand side. Mm. It's just a really interesting composition. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying thinking and trying to apply any kind of two third rule to the way that <laughs> the animal is is positioned is it's not it's not in any two third. No, no, the no. animal's body is halfway up the picture, um, and the 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 sort of land level is you know like a a fifth along the picture. It's just a really interesting. Why does that mm. work? Why does that why does that still work? Why does it still? Because uh... you're breaking those. You know, I'm breaking rules, some rules, yes. In quotes. 
Absolutely. Well, I think what you do with a situation like that, you, you, I'm lucky enough, I can, because I started off with the stag, I didn't have a background at all. The background's been put on. I've, I've pinched ideas from other uh, pictures. I think I had about five references to that picture when I was doing it. Five different references that I was looking at. Uh, colours and designs and trees and backgrounds and sky. They were all kind of concocted, really. Uh, which you would think would make it difficult, but actually it made it easier for me because then I could, I could work. I started with the stag. That was the first thing. That once that went in, everything else um, complemented that stag, and that's what I wanted it to do. But I wanted it to be as loose as I could get it. That's why I, uh, you see the different colours and and so on in it. But the composition I thought was was absolutely brilliant. It 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 was pleasing. You see, composition is really uh, uh, pleasing to the eye. If you look at something and it looks right and it works, it's right. Now, although the, the two-third rule can apply and is applied, it's only a yardstick. That's what you use as your yardstick. That's a general rule. But you can break those rules if the uh, picture or the uh, subject justifies it. And in this case, it did and it worked. Yeah. Uh, so I was very pleased with it. And of course, then I th- when I decided to do it, I thought, wow, I've got to have a Christmas picture. We've been having a Christmas picture every year for the last five years, must be now. And I thought, I've got to have a Christmas picture. But I thought, well, why don't we try something like this, which is a bit different? And I guarantee you that if you send that Christmas card, folks, to all your friends and family, they'll say, wow, that is great. And they won't have another one like it in their collection mm-hmm. because most people have about what 30 40 50 60 cards at christmas um but they won't have another stag in snow i doubt very much yeah so you're different the the composition am i right in saying the composition wouldn't work if you didn't have the trees on the right hand side that's right it would have, it would have, you've got to have and you can't have you whenever you're looking at a composition you can't have um it can't be too pat. It's got to be. It's got to look as natural as it can, without it being. You can't just put that there because it fits. You've got to put another one on the other side. Otherwise, you're unbalancing. You can't do it quite that way. But if you're clever, you can alter things around a bit so it works. There's a there's a, a section on the right hand side below the trees. There's a, a little bit of scrub on the bottom Uh now if that wasn't there that would have unbalanced the picture too don't ask me why but when i did it i had to put that in there okay because i could see it wasn't going to work i had to put that in it was like a little bit of um you know scumble stuff yeah Uh, and it's like darkening the corners and these sort of things Mm -hmm. small things like that can make a difference when i look at a picture if i'm pleased with it uh then that's it that's as far as i'm concerned that's it uh, it it works, and that did work. But that's the reason. Yes, you you can you can look at pictures uh, all day. Uh, remember one of the things you've got to remember too that when you're looking at the two third rule, say you're in a landscape. In that particular case, you've got a sky, which is quite a lot, but you've got some trees in the background, haven't you? But that's not the horizon line, Steve. That wouldn't be classed as the horizon line. It would be the bottom of the trees that would be the horizon line. 
Mm. Are you with me? Yes. So you're not looking at the two-third rule including the trees. You're looking at the two-third rule without the trees. So the horizon line is the one um, on, you know, below or at the bottom of that uh, line of trees at the back. Got it, yeah. That's how it works. It's, it's the same with the two-thirds. If you split that up into three, that stag, you'd find that each section of that has got something really interested in it. Mm. So, so in a way, I have still applied the two-third rule, but I've um, disguised it a bit. It's masked it, yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. That's why it works. Mm. Oh, great picture, really great picture. And um, a lot of people have commented on it and are, are well up for trying it, which is good. So we look forward to seeing those oh, we'll have pictures well, come in. Uh, I'm looking forward to it too, because it's not that hard. A, it, it's hard in as much as the stag is, is quite difficult to get the fur right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's, uh, you know, it, well, as long as they follow my lead, they'll be okay. Uh, and the antlers are a little bit tight. But once you get past that, uh, there's all the background and that, if you follow what I've done and the colours and the sequence I've done, you'll be able to do it really, really well. Mm. And uh, and I look forward to enormously to um, having the feedback from people and where they're going to put Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be going to be great. Okay, well... well- well, I was going to say, okay. we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll send that out this Christmas to all our Facebook people <laughs> and uh, they'll see where I'm going to put Merry Christmas and they can see where they put it or yeah. they can copy me or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> cracking, excellent. Well, we'll be, uh, we'll be back next week. There'll be another project. We're going to have a, a portrait uh, picture and this oh, is going to be the next lovely. one. That's so the next one, is it? That's going to be the next one next week. So we'll talk about that then. And yes. um and yeah, so yeah, lots of plenty, plenty more projects in the pipeline. Lots happening. Lots, uh, lots to be uploaded. So there's, uh, you're going to be bombarded a bit with options at the moment. Um, if you are a member of the website, if you are not, then you can head over to colinbradleyart.co.uk and join the 500 plus members that are now enjoying uh, your tuition, Dad, online, and they're learning over the web. And they're doing very well too, aren't they? We, we're getting daily now. We're getting comments and lovely uh, accolades, which I think is fantastic. Yes. And keep them coming, of, folks. We, it keeps pe- us going. Mm, with lots of people sharing their pictures as well on the community forum, which you oh, can do the good, same. Oh, good, good. Oh, so that's nice to know. There's a, a large community for you to join as well. Okay, good. So um, we'll leave it there. That's it for this week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Steve Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy Enjoy your week. week. You've been listening to Colin Bradley Artcast. Learn to draw and paint online at your own pace in your own home. For free courses and more information, visit colinbradleyart.co.uk. (laughs) 